All right, we're going to be in the book of Acts this morning. We're going to be in chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. It's just a short selection, but it'll be on the screen here behind me. And I invite you to to hear the word. You can read it with me. Uh, You you can read it as on the screen. You can close your eyes and listen to it. You can read it if you brought your own Bible. But we're going to be in Acts chapter 13, and uh, here we go. Now, in the church of Antioch, there are prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon of Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them, and they sent them off. This is the word of God for us, the people of God, and together we say... Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. We thank you for your word. May those be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. It's a little disorienting being up here this morning and seeing so many faces that I'm used to seeing in other worship services, right? I'm so glad that we all got to be together in the same room this morning. But, I'm, you know, in the sanctuary, you know, my, my cadence is a little bit different. Um, the, the way the echoes work in there is different. And the chapel, it's, it's just different. All the services have a different feel. And having everybody in here together this morning, I'm not sure exactly, like, how to preach. You know, I, I don't, I don't uh, so I, I, got, I got Don back there making sure I don't go too fast. I've always asked him in the chapel service, make sure if I go too fast, you bring me down, you know. And uh, I, got, I got Bruce right here making sure that if I'm, I'm dragging, he's got to give me some amens to get going, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, if we could just all be together, y'all just help me out and I'll just feed off y'all, all right? I hope y'all had a good Christmas. I, I hope that y'all are having a good New Year's. Uh, it has been a wonderful season. The, the worship services around here were excellent the entire time. I, I hope that your travels all went well. Brianna and my kids and I, we just got back uh, yesterday from the end of our fourth Christmas. Yeah, four Christmases. Um, it, four Christmases, it's not just a cute movie with Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn. It's real life for the Lizenby family. We, uh, over the past couple of weeks, you know, people told us when you get older and you have kids, you want to travel as much. You know, the, the uh, parents and the in-laws, they'll all come to you. And I'm sure that's true unless both members of the couple are the youngest in their families and have the least amount of kids. So then you still get to pack up and head out and you get to travel around. And so for four of the of weekends in a row and five of the last six, when you go back to Thanksgiving, um, we, we got ready to go and, and we packed up a whole house full of stuff. Why is it that the smallest people on earth require you to bring the most amount of things? Have you ever noticed that? It makes no sense to me. Whenever we, we leave Mobile, we put our entire house in the back of my truck. I'm like, is there anything left in the kids' rooms? We pack up. In the past couple of weeks, we drove to Crestview, to Montgomery twice, and most recently to Dothan. And I was reminded on this trip of something that I've known to be true, but once again was proven to be just the way things go. No matter how much planning you do in life, no matter how much planning you put into a trip, no matter what your expectations are for what that gathering is going to be like, very rarely do things in life go according to plan. Can, does anybody else believe that to be true? Does anybody else know that to be true? Can anybody else affirm that? Because here's the thing. 
Last weekend, uh, or the, the last weekend of November, we, we decided we would go to Dothan for Thanksgiving for a three-day trip, and, and we got there, and, and we were going to be there, and going to go. My dad's been working at our farm, and he's decided to show it to me. And we showed up on the night before Thanksgiving, and we weren't there two hours before August got croup. <laughs> And we packed up Thanksgiving morning and came back home. That is not exactly how we had the plan of Thanksgiving. You know, our in-law, my in-laws were nice enough. They got my kids um, this giant play set in the backyard. Have you ever tried to put one of these things together? If you think it came in five boxes that are taller than me. And there are thousands of pieces. And I'm like, we got that. You know, we can do that in a couple afternoons. That thing showed up four weeks ago and it's still not all the way put together. The plan was like, we got just two or three afternoons, we'll get it done. It's still not done. Or how about the fact you can save up for Christmas and you can be grateful for all the things that Santa brings and your kids can have all these nice new toys. And the plan is that they're going to say, thank you for these, these toys. Thank you for these gifts. I'm so excited about them. And then they end up just playing with the box they came in. How, much, how many times have you spent money on a, on a gift only to have somebody play with the box, Right? Sometimes life just doesn't go according to the way we think it should. Our plans don't always pan out. And it's not just traveling or gift giving. It happens all the time, right? I bet you've had lots of times in your life where you plan to be heading in one direction and all of a sudden your life is heading in a different one. Maybe it was changed of your own volition. You decided to make a change. Maybe it was forced upon you. Maybe it was a diagnosis you were not expecting. Maybe it was a death in your family that could not have been predicted. But you had these plans that life was going to be a certain way, and then all of a sudden, it's something else entirely. Maybe you thought you'd be in a different career. You went to school, and you dreamed, one day I'm going to be doing this thing, and I can't wait, I'm going to be so good at it. And all of a sudden, now you're doing something completely different. And maybe you had no idea you could be so happy doing something you didn't plan on doing, or maybe you're just desperate for a career change. Maybe you thought you'd live somewhere differently. Maybe you thought that you would be with somebody else. Maybe I don't know what your plans were. But if I had to guess, I bet everybody in here has had to change your plan. Maybe sometimes when you least expected it, right? Because life rarely goes according to the plan. That, in a nutshell, is kind of the summary of the book of Acts. If you were to be like, what, Acts, what is Acts all about? It's about plans that get changed a lot. It's taking the world of the early Jewish Christians and showing how extremely their lives changed when they gave themselves to Christ. How they all had ideas and plans, and the Holy Spirit spoke, and all of a sudden everything was different. Right? The Apostle Peter was a faithful Jewish man. It did not occur to him to plan to be the, the leader of this new young faith. He wasn't planning to one day usher in all these Gentiles into the faith of these Jewish people who followed this new Messiah. Stephen didn't plan on being the first martyr. I bet if you had asked him four years before his death, hey, where do you think you're going to be five years from now? He probably wouldn't have said, I plan on dying for somebody that I haven't even committed to following yet. I mean, these five-year plans we had, I bet Stevens was way different. Paul was a Jewish scholar, lawyer, teacher, authority named Saul. He had a different name. I bet Saul didn't plan on changing his name. And I bet even less so did he plan 
to become the leader of the movement that he was trying to destroy. I mean, that was what his profession was. Saul, the Jewish authority man, was trying to kill and persecute these new Christians. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit changed that plan as drastically as possible. He went from trying to destroy them to joining them to leading them. Ultimately, the stories in the book of Acts, they're accounts of how the Holy Spirit shows up and does unexpected things. How sometimes God can change our plans. And I think that is a very good thing to remember on the first day of a new year. On the first day of the new year, we are setting our resolutions for the next 12 months. We are planning out the next couple years. We are saying, here's how my life has to go. I'm going to graduate from this school, and then I'm going to get this job, and then I'm going to marry this person, and then all these things are going to fall into place just perfectly. If you ask anybody else in this room, has your life gone according to plan? I bet everybody would say, nope, a little, barely. The nature of unexpected things in Acts is even more true in the story we just read just a moment ago. In just the story we just read, Barnabas and Saul had their plans changed in a dramatic way. I don't know what their plans were. It doesn't say it. But I bet their plans were not to go to worship and then all of a sudden leave the town they're in, right? It'd be like if you just showed up here this morning and the Holy Spirit spoke to you and then you just left, left Mobile to go do something the Holy Spirit has told you to do that you hadn't even thought about doing before you came into this building. That's what happened to Barnabas and Saul. They show up to worship one day, then all of a sudden they're leaving worship and they're leaving their town and they have a new plan that the Holy Spirit has given them. The text says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Before that day, these guys, they didn't know the Holy Spirit had set them apart. They didn't know that that was part of God's plan. They didn't know that there is a work that they had been called to. I mean, the church wasn't in on the secret like holding it back either before Barnabas got Saul got there. There weren't people off the side listening like, there they are. They don't know the plan. We're going to trick them. All of a sudden they're worshiping and the Holy Spirit shows up and says something and just changes everything. I mean, these early Christians, they didn't have some internship development program that Paul and, Paul and Saul and Barnabas are in, right? And they're graduating from their program and being sent out into the world. Stuff like that didn't come around for centuries later. I mean, this church had no hierarchy, there was no denominations. There was no grand sweeping vision about the buildings they were going to build or the things they were going to do or the missionaries they were going to send out. Or all the, They had none of that. They had worship. And they had the chance to be together. And in those things, the Holy Spirit moved. All they were doing in that moment was worshiping and fasting and the Holy Spirit changed the plan. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. If you want to believe that you are a, a Trinitarian, that means that you believe in God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And sometimes I don't know that we give enough attention to the radical nature of what the Holy Spirit can and is and will do. I think sometimes we, we tame the Holy Spirit. It just makes us feel nice. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. The Holy Spirit wraps us up whenever we're sad. 
You know, you know what else the Holy Spirit does? Changes your plans. You thought you were heading off to your golden years of retirement, that your work was done, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit's like, actually, there's this ministry that you'd be perfect for. You thought, I'm, I'm settled in my career, I got my pension set up, I can just keep on doing this. And the Holy Spirit's like, actually, there's a work to which you're being called that you haven't even imagined yet. You know, in a way, we, we should be more prepared for the unexpected nature of the Holy Spirit's work by now, right? Because a lot of our lives are unexpected. I mean, things change all the time without us being able to account for when and where and why they're going to happen. I mean, we just came out of a, of a pandemic time where all of a sudden, like, nobody could leave their houses. Nobody had planned on that. Nobody had planned on not seeing people for years. Nobody had planned on losing people and not being able to go to their funerals. And that wasn't part of my plan. I hated doing funerals during COVID times, during the pandemic, because I wanted people to be able to be there with the families to grieve the, the loss together. I was glad to get to be there for those families, but it, it was so small graveside. Like that wasn't, that wasn't part of the plan. Life just gets unexpected and, and it doesn't have to be just global pandemics. We, we live in, in Hurricane Alley, right? I mean, like we all know that in a moment's notice, a weather event can drastically change the plans. I mean, it could change the plans for something as small as we're going to close school early or change the plans of I've got to get a new house. I mean, there are people here who used to live in New Orleans, right? They moved here. Their entire plans of their lives were changed for something they could not predict. We, we are people who actually have more unexpected happening in our life than expected. If you think about it, our plans are changing way more often than, the, than they're actually coming to fruition. So why is it that we cannot even feign interest in allowing for the Holy Spirit to change our plans? Why is it that we are people who get our plans changed by everything else in the world, but whenever God wants to change our plans, we try to tame it and be like, that can't be what God's saying to me. That's not for me. I can't do that. I'm not that person. I don't have that skill. That, that, you, you just turn it off entirely because it's not part of your plan. You know, I, I think there's plenty of things we can point to, plenty of reasons why we might be hesitant to be cool with the Holy Spirit saying, do something you were not expecting. I think that maybe it's, it's not easy. It's not what we had dreamed up. I think probably most importantly, though, is that we don't like to let go of control. We like to think that we are in control. I make the plans. I control my destiny. But God says to follow me, you give up everything. Christ says, pick up your cross and follow me. Let the dead bury the dead. You follow me. You leave behind everything. You lay everything at the feet of Jesus Christ when you say, I want to be a Christian, which even means that you give up the control over your life. And that can be scary. It can be intimidating. I mean, did you know that's what you signed up for? Because that's what the Bible says, that we release our control to God. So if you want to believe in the Holy Spirit, you also have to believe the Holy Spirit is capable of changing your plans in such a way that you have no control over. And the only faithful thing that you can do in that moment is to be like Barnabas and Saul and say, where you send me, I will go. 
What you call me to, I will do. And even if all that is true, this is what the Holy Spirit does, and, and, and maybe our hesitancy has to do with giving up our control. I wonder if maybe, perhaps, the real reason we don't do what the Holy Spirit might be calling us to do, our real hesitancy, actually, it's not our own faults. It's just the fact that we missed it entirely. Well, I guess it is kind of our faults. But maybe we aren't willing to do what the Holy Spirit says because we aren't actually hearing what the Holy Spirit is telling us. Right? As we become, as we get ready for this new year, as we think about all the things that are happening, some of the callings and the changing of plans, like the ones that happened at Paul's conversion, are really obvious, right? Paul's on, on the road to Damascus, and he is blinded. You can't, you can't miss that. You, you can't miss the fact that there's this bright light, and all of a sudden you can't see. It's, it's pretty obvious. But I think more often, the Holy Spirit's callings on our life are much more subtle. They're much more nuanced. They're much easier to miss if we're not listening. So what do Barnabas and Saul and their friends do to try to hear the Holy Spirit? They worship and they fast. They heard the Holy Spirit when they were worshiping and fasting. Truthfully, if you want to have the potential to encounter the Holy Spirit regularly, to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. Do you have to put yourself in a position to listen? You have to be willing to open yourself up so that God can speak to you and so that you can hear what he is saying. In verse 2, before the Holy Spirit speaks, the text says that they were worshiping and fasting. They weren't out on their afternoon jog and the Holy Spirit spoke to them. Not that that can't happen. It can. It has happened to plenty of people. They weren't just sipping their morning latte and all of a sudden, bam, the Holy Spirit tells them, you got to go to this place. Although that too could happen. What were they doing? They were at church. They were doing what you're doing right now. So congratulations, you can check that out. Right now, y'all have 100% attendance for 2023 in worship. Way to go, everybody. You got perfect records. Keep it up. If you want to hear the Holy Spirit speak, this can't be the only time you come to worship. And what are you doing when you're not here? How are you searching for God when you're not here? You know what the early Christians were doing? They were fasting, and they were praying, and they were worshiping, even when they weren't together. And so as you set your New Year's resolutions this year, as you think about what this year will look like, I know that sometimes plans can change and unexpected things will happen. And so give yourself some grace if for some reason you set the perfect plan and it doesn't come to fruition. But don't stop planning. Don't stop dreaming. Don't stop trying to be the best that you can be. That's part of sanctification. It's trying to set ourselves on God's path for us, to hear what that is, and then set ourselves on it. And how do we keep ourselves on that path? We worship, we fast, we pray. And so as we begin this new year, let's try and do it like Barnabas and Saul. Let's come together and say, you know, we want to hear the Holy Spirit. Our New Year's resolution is really big and broad. We want to hear the Holy Spirit as a church and as individuals. We want to hear what God is saying to us. How do we do that? You come to worship. You fast. You pray. The good news is one of those things is really easy. 
Every Sunday morning, all you got to do is show up. We have an incredible team. I'm so excited that Reagan is now a part of it. There are three services every Sunday morning where we're not doing a special combined service like this one. And there's a chance for you to come here and encounter the Holy Spirit and hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. But the other ones, you're going to have to put some work into. When you're not here, you have to find other mechanisms of accountability. How are you going to be in the Word in 2023? What does it look like for you to pray regularly in 2023? And will you fast in 2023? Maybe these aren't year-long resolutions to start out with. Maybe you make yourself some attainable goals. Maybe you say, you know what, I'm not, a bit, I'm not good at fasting. I've tried it plenty of times. I've tried the intermittent fasting that I watched on the YouTube videos, and then I've tried the Lenten fasting, and um, you know, I gave up my strawberries for those 40 days, and I even failed at that, right? Like, I don't know what your history with fasting is, but if you don't have any experience with it, maybe start small. You say, you know, I'm going I'm to do the Wesley fast once a week, from sunup to sundown, or once a month. Maybe you say, you know, I'm going to give up one meal one day a week. I'm going to spend that time in prayer or reading. This isn't like Lent where you, you give up sweets for 40 days and you get it back. The whole point of this is to find a way to give up something, fast from something, usually food or a meal, in order to spend time with God. But maybe it's, it's you know, you need to fast from your social media usage. Maybe you need to fast from your golf outings. Maybe you need to fast from that thing that is keeping you from God. What is that for you? And what is an attainable goal so that you can hear what the Holy Spirit is saying? And then what does it mean for you to pray? How are you going to pray in 2023? Are you going to pray for our church? I hope you will. Are you going to pray for your family? Are you going to pray for your friends? I'm sure you're going to pray for yourself. We often do that. Are you going to pray for your enemies? You know, Jesus says to love your enemies. How do you love them any more than by praying for them? Maybe that's the goal. Lord, show me who to pray for that I would not have expected. Change my plan for who needs my prayers or who I need to pray, be thinking about and praying with. This new year, my prayer is the Holy Spirit speaks to you and to our church. The Holy Spirit works in your life and the, the Holy Spirit changes your plans because God's plans are better. I'm just, I'm just telling you. I don't care how good your plans are. Your plans could include playing putt-putt every day and, and eating snickerdoodles every night. And that sounds like a great plan. Actually, for me, it'd be Oreos. I'd be eating Oreos every night. God's plan is better than that plan. Whatever you can dream up, God's plans are better. And the only way you can know what those plans are and what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life is if you listen, if you worship, and you fast, and you pray. We're going to be a church that does those things. And we're going to give you opportunities to do that. And we're going to tell you, here's how you can join us in that. And we're going to have seasons throughout 2023 at different times where we're praying and discerning and fasting for our denomination, for our local church, for people on our staff, for individuals that are in need. And we're going to give you chances to do that. And I pray you'll join us in it. But I also pray that you work, walk out of this worship space today and every day and, and that you realize that there's a work for which you are being set apart. There is a work that Christ is setting you apart to do. It's not just your neighbor. It's not just the pastors. It's you. It's every single person in this room. God is setting you apart to do something incredible. 
but a warning. It might be completely different than whatever you have planned. And so I pray that the Lord will be above you to inspire you. Maybe you've heard this prayer. Beneath you to support you. May the Lord go ahead of you to guide you, be behind you to protect you, and alongside you to accompany throughout all your days. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.